What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Coming to you live for another Thinking Real Rich Mindset episode. And today we got a fun one. I got to show these guys uh, right before we get on here is that I'm super excited for this one. This is the whole reason I started reading this book again. Um, and uh, it's really cool. So without further ado, we're going to get into episode 11 of Thinking Real Rich Mindset series. And that is the step 10 on our 13 steps of riches, which is sex transmutation. So I'm sure the I'm sure the headline or the, the name of this really intrigues you and in what it is. We're going to talk about what sex transmutation is. It's probably different than what you think it is. Um, it's kind of a unique name, kind of a weird name. It's not something that is commonly used in our in our language today. So without further ado, let's introduce my co-host here before we can before we dive in here. So we have John Bodron here, Mr. Tim Cruz. And so I'll let these guys introduce themselves before we dive in. So John, start us out. Who are you, my friend? My name is John Bodnar, and I'm a coach at BSB Wealthy Body Coaching. And my my purpose, my mission, what drives me right now is teaching people how to make good decisions for themselves, giving them a platform that allows them to continue to make good decisions for the rest of their lives. As someone who has struggled with inaction and decision-making in the past, and as someone who no longer struggles with that, or at least to a lesser extent, it's very fulfilling to share that experience and that ability with other people as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. Uh, Tim, who are you, my friend? What's up, guys? My name is Coach Tim, uh, another coach at BSB Wealthy Body Coaching. I'm a self-proclaimed meathead, as I've said many times before. I love picking heavy things up and setting it down multiple times. Um, I'm also a self-proclaimed nerd, so I really love diving into this stuff, especially sex transmutation. Um, but regardless, what drives me and what wakes me up in the morning is, is honestly just really serving people and, and helping them manifest the, the strongest version of themselves, whether that's in uh, fitness, health, which is obviously what we do, um, but also in their relationships, their personal power, and... Uh, really the autonomy of having control of their own life and being able to be confident and sure of the decisions that they make. So like our goal as coaches is ultimately really just to give people that personal power and that autonomy that they can control where they're going, whether that be through weight loss, weight gain, um, performance, but even in the relationships, like becoming the strongest version of themselves. So that's what excites me every single morning um, beyond the meathead stuff that I always love. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and let's dive in here to sex transmutation. So let's start out, what is sex transmutation? So sex transmutation means switching from thoughts of physical expression to thoughts of some other nature. Uh, sex desire is one of the most powerful of human desires. And when driven by this desire, um, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creativity ability unknown to them at other times. And so I'll show this one out. Um, my vision when I, when I read this chapter and when I see this and when I envision it, basically like all the energy, all the natural instinct, the primal instinct that I have as a man to, to mate, um, whether it be with right now one person, but in the past it was like just as many people as I could, uh, that energy, that, <laughs> that, that primal instinct, it's like transferring that from a physical expression of the actual act of you know mating to creativity, to imagination, to willpower, to create a better life for myself financially, to create better relationships outside of physical relationships, and using that same energy, that same creativity um, to mate as I do to create a better life for myself when it comes to finances, when it comes to personal fulfillment, um, and just outside of a personal relationship. So that's how I see the idea of trans sex transmutation being, um, being reflected from that into this. So that's my definition. John? When you when you see sex transmutation, what do you see? What I see is simple transfer of energy in general. So you know, energy can neither be created nor destroyed, but it can be transferred. 
know, sound can be uh, turned into heat. You know, if you vibrate something hard enough, it, it turns into or it gets warm. So what we're doing here is saying, okay, what is what is one of the most powerful sources of energy that we have implicitly, and how can we transfer that, transmute that, hence the word, into a different area of life? So sex just happens to be something that drives, you know, particularly men very, very much, but it's not necessarily special that it's sex. It just happens to be the thing that drives us powerfully. So we're going to take that energy, put it into other areas. And if you think about like being able to use that much energy in other spots, like how powerful that can actually be. So to me, it's just thermodynamics essentially, but using it in a, or looking at, at it from a eye catching and wordy standpoint. Uh, Tim, when you see this, what is what are your, what, how do you see it? How do you how do you transmute this definition into your words? I like that way to use the transmute <laughs> different context. Um, I I'm gonna come at it from a different angle than John. Rather than energy, I like to think of it as attention or focus. So if we if we view all of our attention as a currency, and as one of uh, my mentors, Alec Hermosi, would say our marbles, right? If we, if we think we have like a hundred marbles, that's our currency of, 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 of attention. It is amazing how much attention we spend on, on, on sex, right? Like as a biological creature, our main biological urge is to pass on our genetic information, right? That's how the species propagates. That's how we've been around for, depending on your concept of the timeline of humanity for thousands and thousands, if not millions of years. Um, is because we have this natural instinct to breed and to pass on our genetic information. So even from lifting and being fit to having a business and being um, successful with, with money and finances, uh, some would argue that that's even in efforts to get a better mate to mate with, to pass on our genetic information, right? Our job is not just to mate, but it's to find the most suitable mate to pass on the most likely offspring that will survive and be able to pass on their genetic information. So if we think about our currency and we're spending, I'm just gonna use broad, just throwing freaking numbers out there. These aren't scientifically backed at all, but like 80% of our attention goes towards attracting or acquiring the highest caliber um, partner that we can to mate with. Um, that's 80, 80 of our hundred marbles are being spent and marbles are finite. We don't get extra marbles. Like we were out of marbles at that point. We only have 20 left to spend on things like um, in, in bettering ourselves or focusing on creation or, or just, you know, evolving as people. If we're able to, let's say, regain those marbles, now we have a hundred marbles to spend on certain things. So this was um, actually uh, an interview that I, I saw with, um, was Warren Buffett. Um, what's the guy that, uh, Facebook. Um, what's the guy's name? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah, Zuckerberg. The the okay. Zuckerberg. And um, I think Jeff Bezos was at the table too. And this interviewer came up to the table, was like, "Hey, like, I gotta, I gotta ask you guys a question because you're like three of the most successful people the 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 world has ever seen. What would you say is like the one thing that people need to do in order to be successful?" And without hesitation, all three of them at the same time said, "Focus." being able to focus their energy and their attention on one common goal. And if you can do that, that's literally reclaiming all your marbles and putting it into one thing, like your growth curve is just, it's exponential at that point. So I think it's kind of tricky to do in practicality, but at the same time, 
if you're able to do that and, and reclaim that energy, that attention, those marbles, your power is kind of unlimited. Like you have so much more growth potential than you did if you're, I mean, we all can raise our hand and be like, I spent so many countless hours chasing women, chasing, like looking a certain way, being cool so that I would attract them. Like, even if I'm not conscious of doing it, I was doing it so much, especially in my adolescence in my early twenties, even up to like, even a few years ago, like it's, it's obscene how many, how much, how many hours and days and months and years I've spent that, that energy literally could have been to educating myself more like growing as a person. And ironically, that would have probably attracted the right ideal mate at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, I think, I think just that I think we all kind of are on the same page, basically just like how do we transmit the energy, our primal instinct of chasing women to chasing success, whatever that means. It means to you at that point in life. Uh, because the desire for sexual expression is by far the strongest, most compelling of all human emotions. For this reason, this desire, when harnessed and transmuted to action, other than that of physical expression, may raise to a status of genius, right? I love this. So this makes me think of how this, how this whole, uh, my whole journey with business and this actually book started, how they're very in line, is I purchased this book on December 13, 2013, which happened to be the day I started my first business. Um, and I remember reading this chapter in the book and thinking just what Tim said is like, man, think about all the time and energy I spent on chasing women, whether it be from actually like time invested in like going out, uh, partying, drinking, uh, texting, just like attention. Yeah. I was like, man, I spent a lot of energy on that. I was like, is that really what I want in life? Like, and I, I came to realize like it wasn't, it wasn't, that's what I, I didn't want to just continue to chase random women around, around town and like, just put all this, this attention on it. I, like, I want to grow my business. I want to be successful. And so then when I realized after reading this chapter in this book, I was like, whoa, like actually like because a long time, for a long time, uh, I was like, man, I wasted so many years of my life. I wasted from, you know, from 16 years old to 25 years old, uh, like so focused on chasing women that I wasn't chasing success, chasing business. I was like, man, I waste all this time. But what I realized is that all the energy, all the, all the techniques, <laughs> all the all the creativity that I used up to that point, Chase Women, I just had to transfer that over to business. And that was like a huge epiphany for me. I was like, wow, like, I was actually really good at, at, that, at, the, at the former. I was like, well, I wonder if I could transfer these techniques, these strategies, this creativity to the latter. And by reading this chapter, I was like, man, like I do have the energy, I do have the potential. And it, it gave me the confidence to say that, you know what? I do have the energy. I do have the potential to be able to use this for good now, right? Use power for good. And so that is my, uh, yeah, that's what I remember. And honestly, it was three months later. So in March of the following year is when I actually met my wife. So I don't think it was by any stretch of the means that like I knew I was looking for and I went and I found it. I was like, okay, I got to quit chasing random women. I got to find the girl, right? So um, I don't think that was by mistake whatsoever. So anyway, uh, Tim, like when you see this, give me a story or a thought on how it comes to mind when you see this slide. So I think that you honed in on something. I think that's really important. Um, and yeah, we're talking like from the context of a, of a, of a man's brain of like the male um, gender. But I think this is totally like transferable to the female psychology as well. Because um, obviously they're, they're human beings. They're, they have the same biological urges that we do. But um, when I think of like contextually, like an example of like really strong example of this in our culture that's been around for a long time, if we think about Catholic monks, like one of the things that they do 
when they take their their vows or whatever is they have a vow of, of celibacy and most lay people would be like yeah that, that would suck right like what's the purpose of that is it is it to control lust is it to control sin like what is the purpose of the celibacy and really when you dive into like the reason behind they the reason they do the the vow of celibacy is because men specifically spend so much time and energy thinking about sex thinking about women and it literally can rob them of their ability to serve and to worship and to grow spiritually in the church so it has nothing to do with like the the sin of children like of like that's not the sin of children but the sin of like sex and like yada 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 in the church has everything to do with their their attention and their ability to like utilize that time and energy to become better at their craft which is priesthood so and that's been around for a long time and a lot of holy people in, in, in ancient religions share very similar um like if you think about the ascetics of buddhism they're the same way they deny themselves personal pleasure they're celibate and the reason they do that is so they can truly get a better understanding of uh, of themselves and actually you know eventually reach nirvana which is their goal um so that that's a that's a that's a really large example that we see that maybe doesn't have to do with money has to do with other aspects in their life awesome. John, what do you see when you see this slide or what stories come to your mind? Well, you guys absolutely crushed it. So I just have one little thing that's coming to mind. It, it makes me think of like, you got the, you got the moody kid, moody high schooler who's, you know, playing guitar all the time or like just being really into music or whatever else. And you always hear, I don't know if it's movies or in real life or not, but it's always the, the parent or a teacher being like, if you just applied half the energy that you put into, into your music, into your school, like imagine how great you'd be. And so the part, in the, in the slide where it says raises you to the status of genius. That's what I think about. It. It's like, I truly believe that everybody has some form of genius in them. And that doesn't mean that you can only be a certain type of genius. It just means that you need to apply that genius energy to the thing that you actually want to be a genius at. And if that thing happens to be health, wealth, whatever else, put it there. You just have to be willing to take it away from other places at the same time. Sounds pretty good that the Moody High Schooler who's really good at guitar doesn't want to suck at school, but they really want to be good at guitar. So it's just a matter of saying what's actually the most important thing for me to put all my marbles into and become a genius in that area. Yeah, love that, love that. I think the, I think the, the, the big theme that I'm kind of hearing from both you and Tim is we basically we only have so many marbles and it's like putting your marbles that's going to get you the most ROI for what it is that you're looking for. Exactly. All right. So, um, so now we have the good and the bad of, of sex transmutation, right? So, like, when driven by his desire to please a woman based solely upon emotional sex, a man may a man may be and usually is capable of great achievement, but his actions may be disorganized, distorted, and totally destructive. When driven by his desire to please a woman based on sex alone, a man may steal, cheat, and even commit murder. But when the emotion of love is mixed with the emotion of sex, the same man will guide his actions with more sanity, balance, and reason. So I think this is actually the reason why I put the slide in there because I thought it was really good to understand the dichotomy of, of having powerful sex energy because I think a lot of times we associate genius, obviously a lot with, with good people, but if you actually look at like Netflix, you look at most of the geniuses on there are, are usually criminals. They're the guys who are into, you know, the guys who like are big, uh, the drug lords or the big, the big different, like the big different criminal rings. And they're considered geniuses um, on some level. But uh, so there's like, there's literally a dichotomy of like, which way, 
like how powerful 600G is, but it can definitely go both ways. And um, I think that's basically what this slide showcases to me is that you have like people who are like Steve Jobs, you consider like, okay, he uses his, his sex energy for good, positive. Uh, then you take someone like, like Bernie Madoff, um, who, you know, would be considered like one of the biggest con artists of all time, but you, you, you can't consider him not a genius at the same time, right? Just, uh, but there's just between stealing and there's obviously, uh, and, and cheating versus, you know, something like Steve Jobs just balance and reason, I guess, if you were to use the two dichotomies of the, of the adjectives. So that's what I see when, when I see the slide. Uh, Tim, what comes to your mind when you see this? So this, uh, this kind of calls it back to another book that I've read it probably in the last like three years. Um, it's a book called The Way of Men by uh, an author named Jack Donovan. Um, and he draws a distinct correlation. Like basically the book is in a nutshell, like what, what historically has been masculinity and what makes a man. And he draws a distinct line between being a good man and being good at being a man. Right. So similar to this, this has like, when you talk about sex transmutation and putting your energy into something, it doesn't factor in morality. Like morality is, is very much like, it can be a cultural difference, but it's, it's mostly like the right of being like a good man versus being good at a man. If we think, what does it take to be a man? Like, that's not necessarily what it takes to be a good man. A good man has this aspect of morality. So of course we can see people like Pablo Escobar or, um, you know, what's the guy that, uh, the psychopath that had the Nazi symbol on his forehead, um, Southern California, Charlie Manson, like he was, his IQ was like through the roof. Pablo was obviously one of the best leaders of Colombia that they had ever seen, but the morality was broken. Like, but they still were able to transfer all of that energy into, you know, achieving a goal to being a master of their craft, even though their craft was uh, homicide or um, drug lording. Like, it was not a good craft, like from a morality standpoint. So this is not this is not a an a, an example of morality. It's an example of even to the bad you can still put that energy in and be really bad. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. Again, I think it's important to see both sides of it, for sure. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on this one? So, yeah, that, that was awesome, Tim. And so it, to put it onto the more, onto the morality side of things, I really like where it says when love is mixed in there. And, and in order for that to, to actually work, it has to be genuine true love it can't just be like oh i love this person and therefore i would kill people for her like that's okay maybe but that's not quite you know on the moral side so so real love when it comes into the emotion of sex like that's where the sanity the balance and the reason come in because like for me with my wife you know i i love her very much and i would do a lot of things for her but i also know that those things that i would do are necessarily good things or that they would actually be good for me or for her if i had to do something um, or if I thought I had to. Mm -hmm. And so as you're, as you're in the process of transferring this energy, make sure it is still coming from a place of love. You can, and keep the love energy towards other people, but maybe take the sex energy elsewhere. So that way, if you're, how can I say this? If, if the, if the, if the love energy is still being directed at love with a spouse, with a partner, with whoever else, even with your kids, like the things that you need to be loving about are still there in your life. Like whether it's a sexual relationship with your spouse or doing nice things, using being like speaking their love language. Those are still there and important things, but you can still take the energy from sex, especially if you're not in a, in a specific time where you're able 
to sexually engage, you can still use that energy elsewhere. So not the most organized thought process there, but <laughs> at the end of the day, make sure that love is a part of it because that's the only way that you're going to be able to properly transmute this energy for the better for everyone around you and for yourself. And I, I just want to like raise my hand real quick because uh, I think it's really important to point out, like, especially for talking to people that are single, because a lot of this, and it can be applicable to, to married men as well. Um, kind of exactly using Logan's example, if you're on a path to chasing excellence, the irony of this is, is you will also get the, 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 the good relationship, right? Like if you work on yourself, always getting better, like now you are becoming the man or the person that a high quality mate will want to be with. So like, if I was thinking about this from a single context and, and, and being someone who's not married, like not focusing on getting the woman, focusing on being the best version of myself will also get the woman, which, so it's, it's ironic that I'm transmutating that energy and that focus, but I'm still getting the thing that I actually want in the first place. And if you're a married person, like I, I love, I love when, when like Alex Hermosi uses this example all the time is he always says him and Layla, they're on month to month contract, meaning people will inherently do what's in their best interest at any given time. And he says, it's my job and my role to make it her in her best interest to stay with me every single month. So him still chasing excellence, even he's, though he's in a, a good, healthy, happy marriage, like it, it allows, it makes it her best option to still stay with him. Because how many times have we met men who have gotten married and they're like, cool, the chase is done. Like I won that race. I've got my trophy. And then they let themselves go. They go into a complacency state where they they no longer promote in, in, in their in the workforce anymore. They let their body go. It's like it's we have a, a term for it. It's called the dad bod. Like it's like this thing of like, hey, I've given up, I've gained 40 pounds, I don't care about my health and fitness, I'm not chasing excellence anymore. And then before you know it, their wife leaves them for somebody else. Or it's not in her best interest to stay with that man anymore because he's no longer chasing excellence. He's no longer chasing being a better version of himself. I find that that is probably the most attractive quality in a male or just in anybody in general, like someone who is committed to growth and becoming better all the time. That's incredibly attractive because you know that that's going to be your best option always. So I, I think it's important to point that out. Like, cause yeah, we, as human beings, as males, like, yeah, I want to have, I want to be married. I want to have a happy marriage. I want to have, you know, a family and have a loving wife and this, that, and the other. But if I focus on getting that, I'm not going to get that if I focus on being the best person I can be, I will ultimately get that and all the other stuff that it requires to keep that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, what I think of when you say that is, it's just the, just the concept of like what you want, like give it first. Right. So like, if you want to have a spouse who is in great shape, a spouse who is amazing, who's, who's growth driven, like be that person first. Right. And some people are just looking for that person when they need to become that person. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with like money is like, people are like, how do I get more money? Give away more money. How do you heal just like, how do you have more people be happy in your life? Like be happier, smile more, give more, right? The more you give, the more you get back. And that's, and that's just the way, just reality of the way the world works. But what you said, I think is spot on, especially coming from using this example of, of sex energy is like, grow yourself as a human being, like growth is what makes you fulfilled. And by, by you growing, by you continue to level up the love, the person you're looking for, like they'll show themselves you'll find them through your journey of personal growth. And when you are married, this is also the case as well, is like, as you continue to grow, guess what? Like your, your marriage will continue to grow. If you, if you die, your marriage will start to die. And so it's about you continue to push yourself 
push your spouse, push people around you to continue to grow because ultimately, I think one thing you said is really powerful. Most people think that once you get married, that's when the chase ends. The reality is that's when it starts. That's when you have the opportunity now to grow together and to actually do some really cool shit rather than like, like, like you think you're in love when you're married. Like, that's stupid. You don't even know what love is when you're married. Like, like on day one, you get married. Like, real love is until five years down the road, two years down the road, three years down the road. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just in the future and you're personally, personally growing together because it very much is a, a business. It's a relationship and relationships are meant to grow because if they're not growing, what's happening? Or dying, right? And so, again, the wedding is a starting line, not the finish line. And so I think that's where the, the perspective shift. All right. Final slide here. So uh, I, I thought this one was really cool too, because now we transfer this more into the business sense and specifically like into like a sales uh, encounter. And again, I think of every encounter as a sale, whether it's with an actual prospect, whether it's with a, a, a perspective relationship whether it be a consumer whether it be a lover um be a friend like everything is a sale and so this was in the book it says personal magnetism is nothing more than sex energy so like when you hear like when you see someone who brings amazing energy someone who you want to be around someone who you like all that is is just sex energy like they're just relaying the energy to you so if like if you're attracted to somebody and i don't mean that in a in a in a physical sense where you get uh you get turned on by them but you're just attracted to them you want to be around because they have good energy like that's what personal magnetism is and that can be done with um handshake like just just like like touching feeling your heads if you've been around somebody who gives you a good handshake or just like you can feel their presence they maybe they touch you on the back they they give some sort of physical touch that that you feel like that's a transfer of sex energy tone of voice someone who like whether it's like um again there's also different types of tone of voices i think of like ali moore who you guys have all met before like someone like her she brings she comes into the room you just like have this like amazing energy like she just transfers energy or you have somebody who's got a really deep voice or you have somebody who's got a really compassionate voice you have somebody who just seems like they're like they're nurturing they're caring posture how, how they hold themselves tony robbins is a he talks like this about a lot like the difference between someone being uh excellent and someone just being good is literally just like how they how they hold themselves is, is from here it's like here like you know it's just, it's just like the slight differences that can change all the difference in how you how you feel someone or even how you feel about yourself vibrations of thoughts and then of course physical appearance so these are all basically the five ways to transfer um energy through um through personal magnetism so tim i'll just leave this one out like like when you see this what are some some things that come to your mind when you think about like this this transfer of energy so i love that this this list is is uh geared towards like business and like like being charismatic being an authority being someone that you want to be around because it's also the same list that you need to portray to attract a mate like it's the same exact thing that's attractive like and i think using tony robbins is a really good example because they have done many studies on this and tracking things like serotonin and depression levels like these biomarkers of mental and emotional health if you change your posture like the way that you carry yourself head up, chest big, it instantly changes your breathing um, dynamics, right? So if we're slouched over, we're generally going to be shallow breath in our chest. It's actually going to lower um, serotonin levels, which is kind of that, like, not like dopamine, which is more like a pleasure response. It's going to be more of that feeling of well-being, that feeling of confidence, that relaxed calm. Um, and then we also raise cortisol. We raise epinephrine, we raise adrenaline hormones, which are like stress hormones. So it actually has a physiological cascade of negative responses, depending on how 
and it happens really quick. It happens within seconds of what, of a slouching over. And that's why like coaches, like, I don't know if you guys had conditioning coaches back in the past that like, if you're running and you're like dying and you're, you're slouched over hands on your head, they're like, just stand up, stand up, take deep breaths. Cause the moment you start to fill up, you start to diaphragmatically breathe into your belly. You start stimulating that vagus nerve, which is like the 12th cranial nerve that really regulates autonomic nervous system. So parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous systems. And we really engage with the parasympathetic nervous system, which is that calm, that assertive, that um, all the things that you want to close, like, I don't want to say close the deal, but like have influence over people. Like you had, that, that was like, again, negative, negative uh, analogy, but like the reason Adolf Hitler had so many followers was because this dude embodied this even though he was a sociopath, he embodied every one of these things. He stood tall. He spoke with authority. He, I guarantee when he shook your hand, it was like very concrete, like I'm sure of myself. He had this, this aura about him that people just wanted to follow, even though his message was cuckoo bananas. Like that didn't matter. It was him that mattered in the way that he carried himself. So I would challenge anybody, if you're feeling down, feeling depressed, start with your physiology because your physiology directly impacts your psychology so start with just sit up take deep breaths speak authoritatively when you when you introduce yourself be confident be sure of yourself and watch people come to you um, versus the opposite of being slouched and being shy being submissive nobody's going to take you seriously like and and it'll just be a cascade of negative responses so that's my challenge you're feeling down sit up take a deep breath Speak loud. No. John, when you see this, what do you see here? I see five things that we have control over. Things that we, we can directly change for ourselves. You can give a firm handshake. You don't have to be ridiculously strong to give a good solid handshake. You can control the tone of your voice, maybe not how it how it sounds by you know by default. I can't really change like the natural pitch per se but I can change how I say things. I can be more excited or more authoritarian than saying, oh, I don't know. Like maybe I can change that. You, you have control over that. Posture, if you have chronically bad posture and you have imbalances, guess what? There are exercises for you to fix that. There's chiropractors. There's tons of stuff that you can actually do to change your posture naturally. And then of course, by consciously focusing on it as well. Vibrations of thoughts. I'm not hundred percent sure that I understand what that means. So Logan will have you explain that in a moment. Um, and then physical appearance, like can't change your facial structure. You can change your body fat percentage. You can change what you wear. You can change how you do your hair, your beard, all that stuff. There's a lot of things you can do to change your physical appearance. I can't change my hair. It's pretty well, <laughs> facial hair. I right? can wear a hat. That's, I call that my hair advanced treatment hat. You, know, you, can, you can get a toupee. Yeah, you got you that. that. Yeah. yeah. I'll get but, but vibrations of thoughts. I, I have an assumption, but before I assume that, Logan, what do you what do you see vibration of thoughts as for Tim? Well, I wouldn't assume it because actually I just have an assumption right behind you anyway. So like, what is your assumption first? <laughs> Vibrations of thoughts is, is how you, my assumption is how you perceive experiences, what you, how you choose to react or how you choose to react to things. Um, basically, whether you're a, a inherently positive or negative person. That's what I see. So I'm behind you, like, I'm not 100% certain on what I thought the mind interpretation of it is basically like, 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 what is your intention going into a conversation? So like, if I intend to go into a conversation knowing that, John, I'm gonna make this guy laugh, like, that's my vibration of thought, like, my intention is to make you laugh. 
And so if I keep looking for that, then I'll probably make you laugh. Whereas it's like, you know, John, I'm really like, I'm really nervous about this conversation. I don't really feel comfortable. Like, I just don't really want to talk to John. Well, I'm going to go into that conversation with, I don't want to talk to John. So I'm going to bring that energy into the conversation. So I think that's what my interpretation of it is. It, I think it actually is up for interpretation because there's not a really clear definition on this inside the book. Um, but Tim, let's let's have you go and give your thoughts on it too. Like, what is your definition or what was your assumption? Um, I great response intentionality of, of the communication that you you intend on having with the person. Um, but I would also say that the other four dictate the vibration of thought as well. Mm. Like if you go in, like even with that example you just said, like if I'm like nervous to talk to somebody or like I'm not really, I don't really want to do it. I'm going to bring all the other four factors mm. down, right? Like just naturally. So, you know, if you struggle with vibration of thought or whatever, like focus on the physical ones that you can actually affect like right away. And then think about intention, like you said, like, sometimes maybe you don't have experience like doing something it might be the first time you've had a hard conversation with somebody first time you've said the hard things fake it till you make it like just just train your brain like almost i always say like we're going to brainwash ourselves until it's real right like like tell yourself affirm yourself that i'm going to go i'm positive i'm strong i'm enough um i i am a winner like those type of mentalities and, and, and almost like reverberate that stuff in your brain as you're holding the good posture, as you're having that confidence, even if it's fake in the beginning, it will become real at some point, but you will at least give yourself the best opportunity to give those positive um, vibrations of thought going into any encounter. And maybe that should, maybe that should even be the first one. So it's like your attention yeah. probably sets the tone for the rest of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. You know, and, and overall what I see with this, like when I see like from a, like the story in my head or the picture, I think of like, this is like every conversation we have is like, it's like having sex with somebody. Right. So it's like, like you can bring the energy, you can like, you know, you get to do the foreplay, you get to like, obviously give a goal at the end, but like every conversation you have is somewhat um, like somewhat like a sexual encounter. Right. Um, and I think if you look at it like that, you can just look at everything like a sales call, like a, like a meeting, we got like all that, like a game, like it's fun because ultimately I think that's what sex most people is thinking about as fun, thinking about as a game. Uh, so if you can transfer that that psychology into all your interactions, every interaction counts. Uh, all of a sudden, it becomes more fun. It becomes like, huh, like this is actually really fun, and I get to control it, right? I, I get to control it through my words, through my actions, through my intentions. Um, and I think that makes life a lot more fun in general. It just turned into a game. So. Anyway, that's all we'll end it today. Sex transmutation, one of my favorite topics. Again, honestly, by the whole reason that I I. Uh, still remember this book now what is that eight seven years later seven and a half years later um is from this chapter so for that i'm perfectly grateful and for it giving me the the clarity and the vision to find my wife uh who i'm very grateful for and uh so without further ado thank you guys john tim for hopping on here today and outlining uh your guys's ideas and your guys's advice and your and your wisdom on sex transmutation and so we'll be back next week step number 11 with 13 such switches. So happy yeah. Wednesday, everybody. I'll chat with you guys soon. Bye. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe.